0: around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, mm. researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, uh. browning, bruning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and then Dennis the Bennett, yeah, the man is a menace, yeah, building a dynasty, some of the finest things, promise you, you won't regret it, mm.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Monday and we are doing a mock draft. Well, by we, I mean Dennis is spearheading a mock draft because I was in the land that time forgot at work. Uh, We had a major flood and we have not had internet in about five days. And you know what? It's also I'm in the basement of a brick building, so I often don't even have cell service. What a joy. I hope your Monday was better, Dennis.
2: you all week, so I was just tied to my computer like an anchor, you know, just <laughs> sitting there clicking boxes and punching numbers. Um, but, you know, I'm out of work now, having a good day, getting ready to uh, talk about this mock draft and how just Josh
1: keeps sniping me from like a half a round away from me. He keeps taking my guy. Well, we will get to that in a second. First, there was a couple of uh, news items uh, for the start of the week. You know, free agency slowing down uh, to a trickle as people start to turn their attention toward the draft. But we did get a big announcement from Lamar Jackson today, who, among other things, said that on March 2nd, which would have been well before they placed the franchise tag on him. He asked the Ravens to trade him. The Ravens seemingly reiterating today was interesting. This announcement came just before they said John Harbaugh was scheduled to talk at the owner's meetings. And he reiterated, they love Lamar Jackson. They want him to be a Raven. Dennis, does this give you any pause?
2: Not really. I'm, I'm not terribly surprised by it. Uh, they've been, Having contract discussions for two years now, and they haven't been close. And the default position of the player is always, "Well, if you don't want to pay me, trade me." And he's acting as his own agent. Usually, if if you if the player has an agent, the agent's in there saying, "Oh, well, if you're not going to play him, trade him." And and not necessarily leaking stuff. Lamar, because it's him doing the negotiating, everything is very tight-lipped. And it only comes out if he decides he wants it to come out. Um, The Ravens themselves don't leak much information. So am I surprised? Not really. Um, But also he was still negotiating with them as of a few days ago, actively engaging in negotiation. So I don't think he cares whether they trade him or whether he stays. For him, it's all about this is the contract that I want and I feel like I deserve and he's negotiating that contract, and it's either going to be Baltimore or or else. I don't think he's going to get what he wants.
1: Yeah, it's it's been interesting. There have been a few teams that have come out and said they don't plan to pursue him, but one who said they do is the Colts. If they were to land him, do you like that potential fit? Are you there?
2: I'm here. Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay.
1: Sorry, you cut out a little bit on me. What was the question? So one of the teams that said that they're interested in uh, pursuing him is the Colts. How would you feel about that as a fit? Oh, I, I think it's
2: a good fit. They don't throw the ball a ton. Um, because they have Jonathan Taylor, or at least they have the potential to not throw the ball a ton. They've got a pretty, you know, a, a pretty narrow funnel for passing targets with Michael Pittman Jr. right now. Alec Pierce came in last year; he looks pretty good. We'll see what happens and how he grows. Um, Jelani Woods, the tight end, looked pretty good last year. Uh, they've got a couple. Um, who's the other guy? Mo Ali Cox. But for the most part, they have a fairly narrow target funnel, which is what Lamar has kind of played in. And Shane Steichen, who's their new head coach, developed uh, Jamal or Jamal uh, Jalen Hurts and him over the couple of years, three years he's been in Philadelphia. And so he's worked with that type of run running slash throwing quarterback. So I don't think it would be a bad fit at all. I mean, right now, a lot of the talk is that the culture targeting Anthony Richardson as their quarterback for the very same reason that because of the experience with Jalen hurts.
1: So I guess the last question before we move off Lamar is with all that's, that's come out. It seemed like at the beginning of free agency, it seemed like there was a decent chance he'd be back in Baltimore. Now, it seems to get less. So if you had to put a percentage on it, what percent chance do you think there is that Lamar Jackson is a Raven when the season starts? I think, I think it's
2: probably fairly good. Um, You know, the, the Colts have the number four pick. They're going to get one of the top quarterbacks. And so if you're, if you're restarting, it's good to kind of get your guy and if they can get, the guy they want out of probably Richardson or Levis, you know, they may have to go up to three to do that. You know, then that puts them in the position to develop their guy. They're going to use Minshew as as the bridge, uh, unless the court the rookie comes in there and performs really well there's just not a ton of stuff, a ton of quarterbacks out there right now that are available that are going to be able to come in and start. So they're either, they're they're likely going with the rookie and and the veteran they brought in that knows the coach's offense. Uh, if they go for Lamar, great, but then Baltimore is going to have to, you know, they're going to be going for one of those young quarterbacks. Um, I don't know. I, I, I like it as a fit. I think that the quarterback market, it, you know, there's there's a steep drop in the quarterback when it comes to NFL play and when it comes to fantasy.
1: Yeah, I, I'm i kind of with you, though. I I don't feel like Baltimore wants to trade him. I'm also starting to get worried that we have a Le'Veon Bell-type holdout situation. Do you have any fear about that? I, I don't think he'll hold out all season.
2: I think he'll hold out until he has to come back. And his so his contract doesn't toll, so I, I could see him holding out eight games or ten games, whatever that that number is. I could see him doing that because he's clearly stubborn because they've offered him some pretty good contracts, uh, at least fair market value, and he's he's been turning it down because he wants the guarantee.
1: In uh, other quarterback news, uh, John Lynch, the GM of the 49ers, came out today and basically indicated that he views Brock Purdy as the team's starting quarterback if everyone was available and healthy. How does that news hit you?
2: Well, I so early in the offseason, my opinion was that the team would have their thumb on the scale in favor of Trey Lance because of how much they invested in him. And then I was watching a Bob Harris ask me anything on a Saturday. And and I started questioning, making statements to that effect. And Bob Harris replied, and, and now he's substantially more connected than I am. And so he replied and said that everything he's heard coming out of San Francisco is that they love Brock Purdy and that Brock Purdy does everything they need to do in that offense. And that he's a that he's a perfect fit and that if anybody was going to get their thumb on the scale, it was Brock Purdy. So I'm not terribly surprised that he come out and said that. Now the thing is, is will Brock Purdy be healthy? And if he's not healthy, it looks like they'll go with Trey Lance over Sam Darnold, probably if they're smart. And if Lance is playing really, really well, do they, do they pull him anyways? just because Purdy finally gets healthy in week six or something, or week eight, that'll be the the thing.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch. I would say if you thought Sam Darnold, or uh, sorry, if you thought Brock Purdy was the quarterback you wanted to go with, having Sam Darnold as a backup makes probably more sense than if you thought Trey Lance, just based on their playing styles, I don't really think of. Uh, the similarities between uh, Lance and Darnold as much as as the other. Um, you know what was also interesting? San Francisco went and made a trade for a kicker. What uh, what do you make of that? Uh, nothing. I mean, you... they exchanged twenty twenty five draft picks, Dennis. I mean, come on. Three years like, from now, kickers kickers are
2: are you know, most of my leagues don't use kickers and kickers play a vital role, uh, in the NFL. However, it's not a, you know, rarely do kickers get drafted. They're always bringing kickers in to, to check, to get checked out and to have them on speed dial in case something goes wrong. It doesn't take much for kickers to lose their confidence or get the yips. And so teams cycle through kickers, um, you, you know i, I don't know it would so what they trade 25 seventh round for a 25 sixth rounder i don't so,
1: know something like that i think the bigger is uh it looks like uh they're not they're giving up on bringing back Robbie Gold um who's, who's been a decent kicker for them i just thought i was laughing when they were um you can tell it's a slow no- news period. I was listening to NFL Network radio, and they were asking the GM of the Panthers by, about the kicker trade. And I thought, "All right, this is where we are." Well, because uh, it's a slower news period, and we're gearing up, uh, we thought we would take a look at uh, what a you know mock draft might look like for a dynasty startup. Here as we head toward the NFL draft. So Dennis, why don't you start out uh, by telling us a little bit about the format. So it was
2: a pretty basic format. Uh, Super flex, 12 team, no tight end premium. Um, Two running backs, one wide receiver, a tight end, two flex, a super flex. Just just a a really straightforward. I think the only thing different was I think I left it at the six point passing touchdown. but, you know, that doesn't have a, a huge effect because it affects every quarterback. So that's not necessarily uh, that big a deal. So it's just a full PPR, straightforward league. Um, we got some cool people in here, you know, that are have been, you know, taking the guys I want, to be perfectly clear. You know, uh, it's, it's like, you know, they watch me or something and I don't know. I liked I, I liked my team, but I liked it better if I'd have gotten a few more of the guys I was aiming for.
1: And obviously, uh, we did this. Uh, it's a mock dynasty startup. It includes uh, the rookies, not as picks that you can draft, but as players who you can take in here. Obviously, we'll be looking at a different variation of this uh, post-NFL draft to see what changes. But first, I'm going to read off the picks uh, from the first round, and then uh, we'll see, Dennis, if there were any surprises for you. Uh, 101, Josh Allen. 102 is not a quarterback, is Justin Jefferson. Uh, 103, Patrick Mahomes. 104, Joe Burrows. 105, Jalen Hurts, which went to you, Dennis. Uh, 106, Lamar Jackson, who we've just been talking about. 107, Justin Herbert. 108, our first rookie, Bijan Robinson, also the first running back off the board. Uh, 109, back to quarterbacks with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, 110, our first rookie quarterback in Bryce Young. 111, Justin Fields. And 112, Jamar Chase. So, Dennis, any surprises that stand out to you from that first round? Um,
2: so, to be fair, p- picks one and two uh, were not filled, and those were auto picks. Uh I suspect that Mahomes might have went 102 if there was a live person or maybe even 101, but Justin Jefferson still is, you know, he's he's the, the top non-quarterback draft pick in um, dynasty startups right now, and so I don't really have any qualms with, with the computer doing that. And we've seen Bijan Robinson, or at least I have. I've seen several startup mocks. Having Bijan going is the the RB1. That's not really a surprise either. I mean, he's 21 years old, six foot or 5'11 and change, uh, 215 pounds, really good pass receiver, powerful runner. Um, but probably the biggest surprise, I guess, was was Bryce Young going as what QB eight yep. or seven. Um I, I like Bryce Young. I have C.J. Stroud number one. What's that? He is QB8. I, I have C.J. Stroud over him myself, so I wouldn't have made that pick. But I do think Bryce is going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. Everything else, you know, I, I, to me it was a pretty good first round, nine quarterbacks drafted, two wide receivers, and then the, a lot of people's running back one.
1: Yeah, I didn't think there were too many surprises. I would have probably picked uh, the one you did um, with Bryce Young. I'm also a little bit lower on Lamar Jackson um, just because we're kind of in flux with not knowing where he's going to be and because he has had so much trouble staying on the field. Uh, Second round, 201, Deshaun Watson goes, so – looks i'm guessing by the browns helmet that what's what is a catch is probably a browns fan ends up starting with uh, chase and watson not bad um 202 christian mccaffrey to pair with justin fields 203 Brees hall to pair with bryce young uh 204 aj brown the third receiver off the board to pair with trevor lawrence uh 205 to Tua Tungavailoa goes uh, in the first round that team took Bijan Robinson, so they get their first quarterback. Uh, 206, C.D. Lamb, the receiver, goes to pair with Justin Herbert. 207, uh, Jonathan Taylor to pair with Lamar Jackson. 208, Garrett Wilson goes paired uh, with Jalen Hurts on your squad. Uh, 209, Jalen Waddell goes to pair with Joe Burrow. 210, Dak Prescott goes, giving him two quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott. Uh, 211, we get Kyler Murray to pair with Justin Jefferson. And to close out the round, I don't know if it's because it's auto, um, but we get Saquon Barkley at 212 to pair with Josh Allen. He comes as running back five off the board. Um, do you think that's a little high? Yeah, a
2: little bit. I'd have definitely. Um, expected Kenneth Walker to go over him, uh, maybe Josh Jacobs as well. Depending on how people feel about uh, Jameer Gibbs, I, I could have even seen Jameer Gibbs going over him. Um, you know, Other guys like Travis Etienne and Najee Harris are, are both a little bit younger. It wouldn't have surprised me to see them go ahead of Barkley, but Barkley had a nice bounce back year last year. And he's playing for a contract again, so he's going to want to perform. Um, so it was probably a little bit high, and, and that was mostly the computer talking, I think.
1: Any other uh, picks that uh, you found interesting in the second round?
2: Um, You know, I'm not sure if A.J. Brown had made it back to me because I had drafted Jalen Hurts. Even though Garrett Wilson, I, I was just talking last week. He's my wide receiver three for dynasty. I might have taken AJ Brown and paired him uh, with Jalen Hurts right from r- right there. Everything else, you know, Brees Hall maybe coming off the injury, he might have. You know, I, I could have seen him maybe go after Jonathan Taylor and Kenneth Walker. Um, there are some people out there that have uh, ha- have had Walker moved ahead of Brees Hall. Other than that, no, I think, you know, people that believe in Tua believe in Tua. When healthy, he performs very, very well. He, he scores a lot of points on that offense, puts up great stats. So I'm not necessarily surprised that Courtney uh, took Tua there as what QB 12, 11, 12, so
1: yeah, see, so yeah, we had nine in the first round, so that would be eleven.
2: Yep. So it's it's not it's not terribly surprising, you know. The expect the Dolphins expect Tua to play. They got took his fifth year option. They don't seem worried about it, and so I'm going to temper my concern.
1: All right. So moving into the third round, we saw Amon Ross St. Brown go three oh one. Uh, team two gets its first running back in Kenneth Walker at 302, which I thought was pretty good value. Uh, first position player uh, for Sedated Fork uh, is Travis Kelsey at 303. So he started quarterback, quarterback, tight end. Uh, to, uh, 304 is Tyree Kill. 305, you get Devonta Smith to pair with uh, Jalen Hurts. So you did get one of his big pass catchers. Uh, at 306, Chris Olave, the first receiver for that team. Uh, 307, we get Kyle Pitts, our second tight end off the board, giving him a Herbert Lamb Pitts start. Uh, at 308, Another rookie, CJ Stroud. So, uh, this team went Bijan Robinson first round, got Tua in the second round, and then snags their second quarterback being Stroud, who you mentioned you have as the number one among the rookies. Uh, so, getting a lot of youth on that team. Uh, Stephon Diggs goes 309. Then we get Daniel Jones at 310, uh, second quarterback for that team. Kirk Cousins, the second quarterback at 311 for that team. And then Josh Jacobs uh, at 312 to close the round. So, what stands out to you from this uh, third round?
2: So, I, I reached per ADP, I reached on Devonta Smith. Um, they had his ADP on sleeper at around 45 or 46. Um, now, as I thought about it, I was, I was looking at my options there, and I would kind of had Tyreek Hill queued up, and he went the pick before me. Um, and I'd been thinking about Smith. When we did our wide receiver show last week, I had Smith at wide receiver 18. And as I talked about the other receivers in front of him, and him, I, I pretty much talked myself into the fact I had him too low and he probably deserved to be in the top twelve. So taking him here as wide receiver eight. Um I I think I I think he's or maybe wide receiver nine. Um that's probably one or two spots ahead of where I'll have him, but I really wanted to pair him up with um Jalen Hurts. So I I think most people are going to consider that a reach right now. C.J. Stroud at the 308 was a bold move. And I think that, you know, he I think he's bold because he's considered to be safe. If they went with Richardson there, I think that's bold because he has so much upside. But she went with with C.J. Stroud. I think that's a really good good pick and I, I like the pick a lot um i have some concerns about stefan diggs as he seems to be getting uh, a little bit unhappy but i don't know that i have enough concerns that i, I wouldn't draft him uh, in the third round uh, i think overall it was a, a a pretty good third round i think there was not a ton of value per se but um not a lot of reaches either
3: Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And, as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple, bet on an NFL team to win, if your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is T-P-P-N, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TP pn only at draft book sports book drafting sports book and official sports betting partner of the nfl minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see the descriptions for the episode for details
2: hello you
1: still there matt or am i just not uh, here yep um i was saying uh, there weren't a lot of surprises for me in that round either uh, i still think I probably wouldn't have taken Kyle Pitts that high um, because I don't trust Atlanta and we, it's been an interesting two years uh, with Pitts. I don't know if even Atlanta knows what Atlanta is doing. Uh, Fourth round, we had Mark Andrews go at 401. Then we had T. Higgins, uh, the receiver at 402 first receiver for that squad. Drake London the first uh receiver for his squad at 403. Second QB here at 404 is Anthony Richardson. Um so QB seventeen off the board. Uh, then we have DK Metcalf at four hundred five. Uh, then a, a string of running backs: Travis Etienne goes at four hundred six. Austin Eckler, who maybe shifting teams himself, goes at four hundred seven. Then you got Najee Harris at four hundred eight as your first running back. Not a bad grab for a first running back. Uh, and then we got our first rookie receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba at four hundred nine, uh, giving uh, that team a start of Joe Burrow, Jalen Waddle. Tyreek Hill and JSN Uh, Then we get 410 Cooper Cup uh, Another rookie running back Jameer Gibbs goes at 411 uh, giving that team a start of justin jefferson kyler murray walker and gibbs pretty good running back tandem there and then we have deandre swift going at 412 so a double stack of detroit uh, at the one-on-one position you have to appreciate that with Amon Ross, st brown uh, deandre swift and then barkley and allen so what stood out to you from the fourth round and were you pretty excited to get Najee harris yeah, as I was watching, I so I made a
2: conscious decision to kind of pull back away from the running backs um, because I was tempted in the third round, and then as the fourth round come back, I, I actually had thought, well, I'll probably take Travis Etienne if, if he falls to me uh, at that pick. Uh, wait, let's see. Yeah, if he falls to me at that pick. I wasn't going to go with Eckler, who was on the board coming towards me. Um, Just because of his age, I was trying to avoid taking uh, an older running back uh, anywhere in the top seven, eight, nine rounds. And so, you know, Najee came out. He was a little bit older. He's 24, 25 now Um, going into his third season. uh, I feel like Pittsburgh is improving their offensive line. The team is coming together. And so I, I really did like the value of Najee Harris there. Uh, Mark Andrews for not being a tight end premium at tight end three, I, I don't hate it. I think it's a reasonable value uh, for him. Anthony Richardson is is such a wild card because he's either going to be really good or he's going to, you know, struggle a lot and. The hope is, you know, if, if he goes to Indy and can Shane Steichen kind of harness all of that raw potential. Um, it, the end of the round, Jameer Gibbs, you know, he has so much, so much potential, but he, he does struggle a little bit running inside at 199 pounds. Sometimes he gets caught up in the wash there. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, I liked that pick. He has the potential to be a really, really, like he could be a Cooper Cup or a a Keenan Allen or a Naman Ra St. Brown type of receiver if he goes to an offense that's willing to use him that way
1: right from the get-go. Yeah, it would be interesting to – ask some of these people uh, who are in the draft is if they had a a specific landing spot in mind when they when they drafted rookies because sometimes you get fixated where you think they're going to go and that opens up the potential i'm kind of with you with richardson that pick could go either way right there you know we've heard matt uh talk about him as a prospect if he really really hits you got a screaming value there at what about qb 17 if he doesn't you know then you took kind of a big swing and miss and that particular team waited uh quite a few rounds before waiting back into quarterback uh but i do like what they did later kind of hedging their bets with a veteran who's probably
2: like at all because i was looking at that guy
1: well so just Just to uh, what we're talking about, if you're looking at the screen, if you look at what just Josh 187 did, he got Brock Purdy, who we're talking about later in the 12th round, but he took Aaron Rodgers there at uh, 10-04. So Trevor Lawrence and Aaron Rodgers should be good enough in 2023, and that gives you a chance if Anthony Richardson can develop into something that you could have a good big replacement Um, You know, I don't know what your feelings are. Rogers, I think, is pretty locked in for being 2023 value. I don't know if I feel good beyond a two-year window with him at this point in time, especially for a guy that said he went into the uh, ayahuasca darkness tent leaning 90% toward retirement. Uh, Round five. Uh, Devontae Adams goes 501 then we get Joe Mixon at 502 Nick Chubb 503 TJ Hawkinson becomes the fourth tight end off the board at 504 you with an interesting pick at 505 you grab Christian Watson giving you uh, your third receiver DJ Moore goes at uh, 506 just uh, got a new quarterback Debo Samuel 507 uh, Ramondre Stevenson goes at 508 then we get uh Dallas Goddard, 5'09", J.K. Dobbins, 5'10", uh, Michael Pittman, 5'11", and then an interesting pick in Trey Lance at 5'12". You know, we just talked about, and and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. What is a catch? Took Trey Lance at 5'12", and then doubles down, and with his very next pick at 6'01", takes Will Levis. What do you think of the quarterback room he's putting together there? It's risky. Um,
2: You know, Deshaun Watson certainly has the ability to be a high-end anchor in that QB room. Trey Lance, it's really going to come down to, can he take that starting position and not give it up? Uh, If he does that, then I think that's going to be great. Will Levis, he's going to need to develop. Levis has a lot of tools, but there's also a lot of questions about him. Um, I was listening to um, Tom Browley on fantasy points this morning and he was talking, what he said is, look, there's, there's a first tier of quarterbacks and it's in his eyes, it's young, it's Stroud and it's Richardson. And then there's a gap and then it's Levis and hooker for him. And I don't, I don't think I disagree with that. I, I kind of think that, you know, Levis has some potential, but I, I, He's probably the one that makes me the most nervous. Now I don't think he has as low a floor as Anthony Richardson might have, but he doesn't have as high a ceiling either. Even though he he's a good athlete as well at Penn State, you know he couldn't beat out Schliff and Levis was used a lot uh, in running plays, gadget plays. He didn't. They didn't have him throw the ball a lot. So I, I think there's definitely some concern because as of right now we're in um we're in what the 12th round maybe no we're past that we're in the the 17th round and Lane who just chimed in there hasn't drafted a fourth quarterback yet
1: well and to be fair he uh he did pop in he said he drafted Will Levis with top 10 draft capital in mind no real landing spot so you know i think that's the That's the thing that makes a little hard pre NFL draft. You're you got to go with your gut um, and see how the chips fall would be interesting. You know, there are some people uh, that have talked about Will Levis being, uh, you know, possibly the top pick in the NFL draft. It's all just a matter of how the next month goes. I want to go back to your pick. Um, You going up for Christian Watson there. What what made you want to go after Watson in that spot? So I
2: kind of fell prey to the sleeper um, ADP and for where I was sitting, you know, he was, his ADP was right around there and I didn't hate it. (laughs) And and I think he's got the potential to be the the guy in green Bay. And as I looked at what was going on with um, the quarterback position I thought I'd be able to get Jordan Love. Uh, I was targeting Jordan Love and David Olivares, um, former fantasy lifer, sniped me on Jordan Love uh, in about the 12th round or 10th round there. And so that was a bummer for me, but I do think Watson has a ton of potential and will be able to uh, step up and Take that lead role in Green Bay. And, and I think Jordan Love, who I, we all expect to be the, the quarterback there, I think line is good.
1: So let's, uh, finish out the sixth round. Uh, Javante Williams goes six Oh two. Then Jerry Judy, six Oh three, uh, George Pickens, six Oh four, Jamison Williams, uh, six Oh five, Chris Godwin, six Oh six, uh, At 6.07, Traylon Burks, and I'll come back to that in a minute. You get uh, Tony Pollard as your RB2 at 6.08. Then another rookie receiver, our second uh, rookie receiver off the board in Jordan Addison, goes 6.09. Ironically, to the same team that took JSN. Uh, Then we get Derrick Henry going at 6.10. Uh, Quentin Johnson, the third uh, rookie wide receiver off the board at 611, and then George Kittle to close out the round at 612. I want to come back uh, to Traylon Burks uh, from it. Uh, he was a decently regarded prospect going into um, and coming out of the draft last season. Went in the first round to Tennessee, did not have a spectacular rookie campaign. That offense seems a little bit like a hot mess, but he's clearly, by draft capital and by what we think of his potential, the best receiver standing. How do you feel about that pick going right there? Well, I, I, I like what
2: Traylon Burks brings to the table. I mean, he's big, he runs well. He battles for the ball. I'm probably more concerned with what it, who's going to be his quarterback, whether because you know Tannehill has been decent in the past, but he struggled lately. Malik Willis showed us he's not ready. So potentially, you know, they could ride Derrick Henry for another 350 carries, which is going to limit the amount of passing that that offense does. I like. I like Traylon Burks a lot. I think it, it, it's not a bad pick, but I feel like there's some other guys. I don't know if the rookies were the guys that I, I would have went, but you know, I think Marquise Brown, Brandon, Ayuk, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper. Um, those are all guys I would have taken over Traylon Burks. Um, and I, I posted your question in the chat lane answered it. Uh, uh in the chat here, but in the, the draft chat, a few of the people answered, and they said, no, they're not drafting rookies with a landing spot in mind. They're drafting the rookies um, based on what they believe the talent is.
1: Good addition there. Um, what do you think of uh, Dave Dries here pairing JSN and Jordan Addison with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, the two teammates? He also has not taken he doesn't take a running back until round eight.
2: You know, he also he he went very uh rookie heavy because he also added uh Marvin Mims and Keyshawn Boute later. Uh he it seems like he's he's building towards a productive struggle. It feels like uh he would have been the guy in the draft, um, trading his picks and trading back, getting 2024 20, picks. He he's Kind of filling in, he went with a. He actually went pretty heavy rookie running backs, so he went young. He's he's looking to win in 2024 or 2025. Uh, I don't hate it. I, I I don't do it because because people like to do that. Um, build the productive struggle. I always will try to use that as an opportunity to go um, and try to win this year. Like if I can win year one and year two and then my team ages out, I'm I'm good to struggle for a couple of years and rebuild it from there. So I I don't hate the productive struggle concept. I just don't don't often execute it because I see people I'll see people in the drafts that are starting it. And then I'm like, well, I'm just gonna go ahead then and draft veterans that have a consistent role right now.
1: All right. Well, uh, continuing on, let's uh, let's move to round seven. We get Kenny Pickett at seven hundred one. Damian Pierce seven hundred two. Then Zach Charbonnet uh, goes seven hundred three. I believe that's the third of the rookie running backs. Uh, so far then Russell Wilson uh, at 704. We had just talked about Dave's team there. He gets his second quarterback so go with four receivers and a tight end before dipping his toe into the running back pool. We get Brandon Ayuk to your team at 705. Uh Marquise Brown goes seven oh six. Uh, Calvin Ridley, I like that landing spot seven oh seven. Seems like good value. Then Derek Carr goes seven oh eight. Miles Sanders, who could be an interesting uh, back this year at seven oh nine. Cam Akers seven ten, and then Amari Cooper seven eleven, and Christian Kirk at seven twelve. Anything stand out to you about that round?
2: So. You know, Courtney went with the veteran quarterback to stack with Stroud. Um, it, it's she's with with uh, Derek Carr. She's she's hoping that Tua doesn't get hurt. If she do, if he does, she's going to be looking a little bit at um, you know what's what's going to be her her targets with the uh, the quarterback. You know, Josh uh, sniped me back with George Pickens. Um, in the previous round. And then he got me again this round, uh, with Miles Sanders. So he got me back to back, uh, with guys that I was targeting. Um, you know, I, though, I'll be honest. He, so he took pickings. Brandon Ayuk is a fantastic consolation prize. Um, though, if Russell Wilson had made it to me, uh, at that pick, I would have taken Russell Wilson over Brandon Ayuk. Um. I kept looking at Damian Pierce because i had went Najee Harris. And then when I went Pollard, I was thinking about going Damian Pierce and toying with the idea uh, of coming back and, and taking Pierce. Um, Cam Akers was a guy I was looking at too. So uh, Vado grabbed Cam Akers. I, I think that was good. I think th- it's gone. The draft in and of itself, there hasn't been a lot of reaches. It's, it's went – people are reaching a half around um, getting their guy. It's, it's not, there's not a lot of stuff where you're going, wow, that's crazy. And so to me, that's kind of refreshing. Now there's also, it can be fun when somebody shakes the draft up and does something crazy. I think the the wildest thing in our draft was, you know, what, B. John Robinson and CJ Stroud by Courtney and the argument can be made that neither one of those were really reaches. You, know, you can argue that, well, in a dynasty startup, you don't necessarily want to go with a running back in the first round, but she went with a rookie running back. That's the best prospect to come out in several seasons. So that's not not a, a terrible thing to do. So she got the number one running back, the number one quarterback, and then we haven't got to it, but later she got a lot of people's number one tight end so, when she went with rookies, she was aiming really high level with them. Um,
1: yeah, think, she takes Michael Mayer, uh, who you mentioned at yep. 908.
2: So, the challenge
1: with Kristen Kirk is so
2: Kirk and Ridley going in the same round. I, I don't, the two of them confuse me. I really love Trevor Lawrence and I like both of them, but I'm not sure how I feel you know, who's going to be the leader of the group, you know, who's going to, it, it, is Ridley going to suffer because he's been off and Kirk has established himself, or is Kirk going to suffer because Ridley was, you know, clearly the better wide receiver at virtually every stage of their career. When, when you know, year one, Ridley was better than year one Kirk. Year two, Ridley was better. So it, it to me, it's, it's a little bit of a struggle, and to see them go – six picks apart or five picks apart. um, It does feel like there may be a little bit of a, um, somebody's going to lose that, that round picking those two wide receivers.
1: So since we're, we're kind of going down on uh, time, the draft has completed. So I'm going to read off uh, the rest of your picks and then tell me how you feel about your team. So, uh, first seven picks, you got Jalen Hurts, at quarterback, then Garrett Wilson, receiver, Devonta Smith, receiver, Najee Harris at running back at four in the fourth round, Christian Watson in the fifth, Tony Pollard, your second running back in the sixth, then you took Ayuk in the seventh round, Terry McLaurin comes to you at 8.08. In the ninth round, you get Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, then three quarterbacks in a row, rounds 10 through 12, you get Matt Stafford, your first rookie quarterback, Hendon Hooker, and Desmond ritter in round 12 then you got antonio gibson in round 13 Jawan johnson uh tight end for you in 14 devin singletary a running back in round 15 eric gray in round 16 gerald everett another tight end in 17 and then you finish with tyler boyd in the 18th round uh ferguson the tight end in the 19th round and tim patrick as your final pick so how are you feeling about your squad if this was a real startup team for you how how would you feel about it
2: I, I'd feel a lot better if Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers had made it back to me. <laughs> I have I have serious concerns about Matthew Stafford's back, and so as my my QB two, I don't hate it. Now I took Hooker. I, I like Hooker as a prospect, but he's going to be 26 when the season starts or 25 when the season starts. Desmond Ritter. Feels a little bit like a placeholder, but if something should happen to Stafford this season, I feel like Ritter is going to have an opportunity. Now, as long as Atlanta invests a little bit in their offensive line, you know they've got some weapons in Atlanta with, with Kyle Pitts and Drake London, Mac Hollins, uh, Cordero Patterson, uh, and Tyler Algier. So potentially the Ritter pick could work out to be really good especially if Atlanta doesn't put a ton of money and resources into their defense, which is bad. So if they're playing from behind that, that could end up being a real bonus. Uh, I, I was really, I was, I struggled with the Pacheco pick because I haven't been a Pacheco guy, but as we, we were coming up and I, I had thought, well, you know what? I'm, I'm not gonna take a running back here. Sanders and Acres, two rounds prior, were the guys I was looking at or a round prior, uh, and they got they got sniped from me. And so I thought, well, you know what, I'm gonna wait. But Pacheco just kept sitting there at the ADP, and he was he was above he he was after his ADP, and so he was starting to present a value. And then I started to convince myself, you know what. Andy Reid took Kareem Hunt in the fourth round, you know, and made him uh, into a top-level running back. It seems like Pacheco has established himself as the back-to-roster in Kansas City. They let Ronald Jones go. It doesn't look like they're bringing back Jarek McKinnon. Now maybe they will. He's still floating around as a free agent. Um, you know, they've got Clyde Edwards probably going to draft somebody so I went back and forth, but eventually I talked myself into Pacheco as my RB3. Um, I like my wide receiver group, my top five, Garrett Wilson, Devontae Smith, Christian Watson, Brandon Ayuk, and Terry McLaurin. I like that group a lot. Uh, I added Tyler Boyd and Tim Patrick late. In the last round when I was looking at Patrick, I my thought was, you know, maybe they do trade Judy or Sutton. Patrick was... You know, kind of playing a little bit ahead of Judy sometimes. Patrick has turned out to be a pretty good NFL wide receiver. He's got good size. He's a good red zone threat. Um, he kind of does all the things he needs to do. If he's the wide receiver three there, he's the wide receiver three in, in the last round. But he's definitely going to be a guy that I can use on bye weeks. Tyler Boyd is the wide receiver three in Cincinnati. Um you know, I'm going to need to probably add a little bit of youth, depth youth, maybe pick up a, a wide receiver candidate off the uh, the waiver wire or something. My tight ends are going to – my tight ends are a hot mess. So I love Juwan Johnson. And we saw Derek Carr do really, really well with, with Darren Waller. So may, maybe we can have, have lightning strike again. Jake Ferguson looked great when Dalton Schultz was out last season. So I like that. And Gerald Everett, he's just the veteran presence, um, likely a starter. They let Parham walk. um, So it looks like Everett is just kind of going to be that floor guy uh, for the Chargers. So overall, I kind of really like my team, despite the fact that I got sniped several times.
1: Um, I I do like the way that my team turned out. So now for the tough one, if you had to pick one team that's not your own that you really like, which one stands out to you?
2: You know, it's kind of easy to go with Josh's team because he took a lot of the guys that I liked.
1: That, um, pick nine?
2: Yeah, pick nine. And I really like Trevor Lawrence. I think he he's you know EQB one. Uh, AJ Brown, same thing. Receiver could be the wide receiver digs. Richardson's going to take some time. Um, when I took Watson, I was looking at Hawkinson and Goddard as my tight end options potentially there. And then because it wasn't a tight end premium, I decided that I was going to wait. Um, Josh took my other tight end target, David, David and Joku in what's that round eight. Um, he was a guy Nine. I was looking at. Um, James Connor. He's the guy that has the job. Roshan Johnson was a guy I had in my queue. Josh took him. So Josh was drafting a lot of guys. I, I like Samaji Ryan in Denver. Um, he drafted Odell Beckham. Don't like that pick. I, I'm over Odell. I'm not like if you're going to ask to throw Odell in on a trade with me, you're going to have to also add a pick for, just for me taking Odell. And then he, he grabbed Isaiah Hodgins, who I really like. So I'm going to say Josh, just Josh's team is the team. Uh, if I had to swap with somebody, that's the team I'd want.
1: Yeah, I was looking there. There, there are a lot of pieces that I like about um, a few of the different teams. Um, I'm not – As high on Lamar Jackson as Joel, but I like the rest of his team. A lot of the ways that he's putting it together up at the top. Um, Could Mac Jones and Lamar Jackson be two more opposite
2: quarterbacks?
1: No, but I mean, Mac Jones is solid. Sam Howell is an interesting, uh, gives him an interesting choice. I like the Kate Otten pick later. I still thought that. Um, and I like the gainwell pick because I think he has some potential Jamal Williams. He's got some running backs to come up and also has Taylor and Eckler. I'm not sure about Traylon Brooks, but if it works out, that works out great. Rashad Bateman, another one. I have a lot of exposure to him on my teams. I hope uh I hope he has a good year. Um, I really liked what uh I guess it's uh pick seven. Um I don't know it, A-E-L-M. ALM91 a- uh, was doing. Uh, I liked Herbert. I think Gino is a solid QB, too. I like the Lamb, Debo S- Samuel, Chris Godwin, Calvin Ridley, uh, Travis Etienne, and Aaron Jones. I thought that was good. Kyle Pitts gives you upside at tight end. The only thing that scares me, if you go down and track the rest of his draft, he took rookie rookie uh, in Tucker in the 10th round, and then Alexander Madison, who could end up with a huge role, but could end up you know, being kind of a bench player there. Uh, you know, I like the value of Curtis Samuel later. I was interested that he took Tom Brady up in the 16th round. Um, maybe has a feeling Tom Brady's. And there back. are some
2: people that just believe he's coming back.
1: I mean, are those the people that also believe Elvis is coming back or.
2: I mean, well, and he, dra- he drafted five quarterbacks total. He drafted Setson Bennett and Taylor Heineke as well. So, I mean, at, there are times when you just, you, you know, you have a gut feeling, and and you just kind of roll with it, and and it felt like people like I saw a trade on Twitter the other day. Somebody traded for Tom Brady, uh, that not <laughs> not just Brady, but Brady was part of the package. And and I, to be honest, I've got Brady on a team, and I I am not cutting him yet.
1: Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I'm with you there. I have him on a team. I actually I did release him and then I went back and picked him back up because I started thinking that might have been the dumbest thing I could do. But I, I just I don't mind taking flyers. If you're doing a startup, there are often guys that don't have teams or retired guys that you might take a swing on. I just thought uh, round 16 was a little bit early, but you are right. He went and was able um, to get a couple of quarterbacks after that in Bennett and Heineke, but neither of those guys is a is a lock to start either. So, um, but I loved his wide receivers. I like the top two running backs, but running back. Uh, you know, he could have – I think he has awesome starters. Yeah. Just hope nobody gets hurt. <laughs> well, that'll uh, pretty much do it today for Mock Draft Monday. Any other thoughts about your uh, mock draft experience? You know, I enjoyed it. Even
2: You know, even with picks
1: one and two being auto-drafted,
2: I felt like the rest of it – it felt like it was – pick. It, it was fairly close to, like – human being so that makes it sound that makes it feel like sleepers adp is kind of getting caught up people are lots of mock drafts are smoothing the edges out
1: maybe team two ending up with six tight ends it was a choice yeah. pat fryermuth trey mcbride isaiah likely daniel bellinger who i liked daniel bellinger last year but i don't know with waller coming there how good i feel about that value zach Ertz, so i guess he's got teammates from arizona and tyler higby um kind of made me laugh they also took uh, their quarterback too is uh, malik willis so
2: yeah
1: another productive struggle team i don't even know if that struggle is going to be productive if we're being honest uh but that'll do it for us today speaking of tight ends you know team two was all about the tight ends if you are also all about the tight ends you'll want to be with us on friday we are going to do our top 24 tight ends pre-draft um So it'll be interesting to see uh, where some of us have different players and how that all shakes out. Uh, So that'll be something to look forward to on Friday. And then next week we're going to start dipping our toe into the rookie rankings. So something to look forward to as the draft uh, they said today on NFL Radio is just 31 days away. So hopefully you can hold out 31 more days. Uh, Until then, Dennis, if the people are trying to fill up those 31 days, what should they do? Well, they
2: should do me a birthday favor. They should go to their favorite podcast platform and subscribe, download, listen, give us a rating and a review. It would mean the world to me on my I'm getting old birthday.
1: Yeah, and I like you too much to lead singing, but I'll just wish you a happy birthday. So all of you out there, enjoy the rest of your Monday.